Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Academic Technology in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Before I introduce our special guests, TLED's weekly newsletter is the number one way we keep in touch with ACC faculty. Join over 3,000 subscribers to receive updates on everything relevant to the ACC faculty experience. We share teaching inspiration and resources, ACC news, upcoming development opportunities, and key information that faculty can pass on to students. Subscribe now at bit.ly slash tledenews. Today I'm joined by Carrie Gitz, head librarian and associate professor at the Highland Campus, and Dr. Galen Scott, associate vice president of academic transfer programs, as we talk about uh, open education resources and open education uh, in general, as we celebrate uh, Open Education Week, which happened to be last week, uh, the first week of March. So Carrie and Galen, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Matt. I'm Thanks, Matt. Here. It's good to be here, Matt. All right. So let's jump into the first question. Uh, what I really want to do um, is provide our audience um, with not only some background information, but sort of an update as to where we are as an institution around the uh, the adoption and the use of open educational resources. Uh, like I mentioned uh, at the top of the episode, we're doing this in um, celebration of Open Education Week, which happened to be last week. Uh, and so just sort of seeing where we are as an institution and uh, where we're going uh, over the next year or so. So to that end, let's start with some background information. Uh, Carrie, let's start with you with the first question. How do we as an institution uh, define open educational resources? Thanks for starting with the definition map because I think it's important to, to set the stage for that. So open educational resources in general can be any teaching, learning or research resource that's in the public domain or has been released with an open license, typically a Creative Commons license that's freely available for redistribution, reuse, adaptation and modification. So at, at ACC, we do use that definition, but faculty have a variety of ways to incorporate whether they are using a full OER textbook, or maybe they are incorporating different types of OER like videos, PowerPoint presentations, some of those ancillaries. But at the institutional level, in order for something to be tagged as an OER course, it really is the full substitution of any course materials where the student wouldn't have to purchase or pay for, um, for material, but it is openly licensed and freely available. And one of the things that I, I want to just touch on with that is what you mentioned towards the very beginning is um, it's it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the entire replacement of a of a uh, a course textbook right um, it could be the incorporation of a small component within a course um, but it's only those courses at ACC that are completely OER that are tagged as such but faculty don't have to do all or nothing right correct. Great. They can start small and incrementally, and I think that's an important way for faculty to, to become familiar and introduced is to, to maybe start with some of those smaller pieces. Is that how we find most faculty at ACC um, getting into OER is um, starting with the smaller pieces, or do we have a lot of faculty that you know of that are completely scrapping their entire course and starting over? I think it's a a healthy mix of both. I think sometimes it depends on the discipline and depending on the OER that's available for that area. 
Um, some areas have a very equivalent full textbook, open textbook available with all of the ancillaries and instructor material, and it's a very easy transition. Whereas other disciplines are still kind of piecing things together and maybe they're, you're, they're curating um, different types of OER and incorporating things little by little. So it's a personal choice for faculty and we've seen them do, um, do it in a variety of ways. Great. Um, moving on to um, the next question, which um, oftentimes there's some confusion about, uh, at least at ACC, the difference between open educational resources, which Carrie, you just defined very well for us, and the idea of zero textbook cost classes or ZTC. Galen, can you talk about what zero textbook cost classes are and how they relate to OER? I'm happy to. Um, part of this was a decision about what would make sense to students. A student may not understand when you say this particular section of government is taught with OER. That, that's meaningless to many students. But when you say this particular section of government is a zero textbook cost section, that makes sense to them. ZTC is also a fairly common label across the country. ZTC includes sections that are taught fully with OER, but it could also include a course section. Uh, perhaps it's based primarily on readings in library databases. And as an ACC student, you have access to those databases. So again, you're not paying for a textbook, but those readings in those databases are not openly licensed. We wanted to use ETC to help students understand that all of these sections in all of these different courses will not require them to pay for a proprietary textbook, but we also wanted to use ETC to accommodate those other kinds of classes where students don't have to pay for a textbook. And it could be some classes that just don't require a textbook at all. It's all hands-on learning. So you don't have to buy a textbook for the class. And from a student standpoint, when they're looking at course sections in the, the course catalog, um, are they seeing a ZTC designation or are they seeing OER or are they seeing both? Um, so we have worked very hard to make sure that students can search for sections of any course that have the ZTC OER label. So um, in self-service, which is how students log on and register for classes, there is a way to search or sort sections by a variety of uh, different tools. You can search by faculty member, you can search by time of day, in the before times when we were uh, mostly on campus, you could search by campus. You can search by ZTC. It, and I think the label in self-service is zero textbook cost slash open educational resource, resources. So I could put in English 1301 and then refine my search by clicking the ZTC button. And I will see every section of English 1301 that is a zero textbook cost section. Excellent. Great. Um, why, why is it important for faculty at, at ACC to consider using um, either open educational resources or zero or the zero textbook cost um, designation as an alternative type of course material, um, as opposed to the what we consider to be, um, you know, the commercial textbook model. Um, Carrie, do you want to start with that? I think 
especially within this past year, as we all quickly uh, abruptly pivoted to um, remote teaching and learning, we saw some of the challenges um, even more so with access to resources. Um, from the library perspective, we no longer had access to our physical collections, which meant a lot of the textbooks that we have have um, on our shelves. And open educational resources, because they are freely available, because they are customizable with that open license, allow faculty to provide a long-term solution to their students in terms of access that is equitable and relevant. Um, and there aren't those same barriers with um, you know, not being able to provide or afford access to the material but a faculty member can also update uh, material so that it is more relevant and customizable and the, the students are able to see themselves represented in the course material. So I think it's really important for faculty to understand and, and see the opportunities that OER affords beyond the cost savings um, and just making the material more relevant um, and relatable to their students and to their teaching. And I think I would just add to that. I mean, I really wanna emphasize the access piece. We, I have known for as long as I have been at ACC, and I started as an adjunct faculty member many years ago, some students wait to get their financial aid check before they buy their textbook. Some students wait um, to make sure they can pay their rent before they buy their textbook. And an open educational textbook is available to students on the very first day of class. They are not starting behind. They're not starting trying to learn without the textbook for the first week or the first month. That is an equity issue, as Carrie says, as well as an access issue. It, it helps students succeed in the class because they don't have to wait and then try and catch up. Yeah, that's great. Uh, access is def <clears throat> definitely the biggest issue um, uh, in terms of making sure students have access on day one of class, like you mentioned, Galen, with not having to um, prioritize between purchasing their textbooks and um, you know, uh, rent or, or groceries or those types of things that uh, right. students oftentimes have to deal with. Yeah, it's great. And I might also say, um, we, we have collected data since we um, really started intentionally and institutionally supporting the use of OER and the data, what, what we do is we compare student success in non-OER course sections with student success in OER course sections at that course level, if that makes sense. So um, how do students do A's, B's, C's, D's, F's? How do they do in a History 1301 um, section that's taught with a proprietary textbook versus how do they do in a History 1301 section taught with OER. And so it's aggregate data. We don't do it at the individual section level. We do it at the course level. And what we have learned recently, now that we have enough data and, and the N is large enough, we've learned that students do better in OER courses. The ABC rates are higher and the withdrawal rate and the DF rates are lower. So I think that goes back to that immediate access to the course materials. I think that's really important. And then layering in what Carrie talks about, um, you know, you can make adaptations to those course materials. That's the beauty of being openly licensed. You, you acknowledge who crafted the material initially, and then you adapt it and put your name in as having made those adaptations. 
And so you can make them as relevant as you would like to your course and to your students. In terms of, of the student success, going back to what you were saying, Galen, um, the rates of A, Bs, and Cs being higher in OER courses compared to those using a commercial or proprietary textbook, is that pretty in line with um, the, the national averages or uh, is ACC doing something different compared to uh, other data that we see from other institutions? That's a good question and I feel compelled to offer a qualifier for those who are listening. I am not trying to claim that using OER causes greater student success. All I'm saying is that there's a correlation between the use of OER and um, students doing better in the class, right? Um, I think from what I've seen in terms of reasonably rigorous data gathering and data analysis, we're not unique in that way. Uh, I think the availability of OER course materials, I think you could just as easily say that it, it could be faculty driven. Maybe the sorts of faculty who adopt OER, especially early on, are the same faculty who are always trying new things and always trying to improve how they help their students learn. It's hard to know um, what the causal factors are. We're saying there's a strong correlation that we find um, assuring, right? It's, it's an assurance that the work we're doing is having impact on uh, what we're all here to support, which is student learning and student success. Yeah, great. Um, one of the things I do want to make sure that our listeners are aware of is that, you know, we're focusing today's episode really on um, um, where we are as an institution right now um, in the uh, adoption of, of OER. We're not going to talk a lot about um, uh, you know, why ACC started uh, with OER. We cover that in uh, in an episode uh, that we recorded last season. So if you want to know more about the grants that the college received and, and how we got started in the OER space, uh, you can refer back to that, uh, that episode uh, last year. And Galen, I believe you were uh, a guest uh, to help us kick that off as well. Um, so in looking at where we are now, how has ACC done in adopting course materials um, that differ from the commercial texts? Where, where are we as an institution now? I think we've done really, really well. I think we can always do more because um, the OER world continues to, to blossom across the country. Um, the value of Carrie and her colleagues is immense because they can help faculty sift and sort and search and curate, which is the popular word, um, to find the kinds of OER materials that really are relevant to what that faculty member needs. So, so there's a lot of growth, I think, still yet to come, but I can brag on the work that we've done so far. We started tracking um, ZTC course sections. We called them OER sections then before we started using the more global zero textbook cost sections. But we started tracking those sections in the spring of 2017. We had fewer than 75 OER course sections in the spring of 2017. In the fall of 2020, we had almost 1,100 OER course sections. Um, we had about, I, my memory is about 20,000 enrollments in the fall in those OER course sections. Now that's a duplicated headcount, right? That's enrollments, which means a student could be in an OER speech class and in an OER government class, right? And that student gets counted twice. 
um, we wanted to figure out how to compare cost savings in a longitudinal way. So early on, we adopted $100 as a proxy for the cost of a textbook. Depending on how you calculate that, you could go lower, you could go higher. We know that some students rent, some students borrow, some students buy used. Um, we did some research about, I wanna say a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer ago. And at ACC, um, if you look at new textbooks and the courses that offer OER sections, our number at that time would have been $126 per course textbook. So we use $100 as a proxy and uh, over the course of capturing OER enrollments from spring 2017 through fall 2020, we have saved students cumulatively $8.5 million. Um, so we think we're, we don't want to overemphasize the cost savings because there's a lot more to OER than just saving students money, but saving students money matters when they are struggling to pay for um, you know, their flat tire, right, or their childcare um, when they're uh, out of work because of a pandemic. So it, it doesn't matter that I think we're making an, an important contribution to helping students stretch their dollars as far as they can and still pursue their educational goals. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge savings. Um, just the dollar value alone is uh, jaw dropping. Um, and so, uh, Carrie, from a from a librarian standpoint, um, what is your impression of how the institution's done? You know, I've been involved with OER work at ACC since 2016, and I have definitely seen um, you know more faculty interest and involvement grow over the years. Last year, our subject librarians, our faculty librarians did over 81 individual OER consultations with faculty to, um, and this year that number has dropped a little bit, but we still see the interest and the curiosity from faculty wanting to find those resources. And I would just say, in addition to all the momentum and, and support that ACC has for OER, the state of Texas within the last year has really shown a stronger interest and there's you know statewide grant opportunities that ACC faculty have participated in within the last year. And so there's just growing momentum, not only at ACC, but across the state, which I think helps um, build support and recognition and accomplishments for, uh, for OER and for faculty that are interested in, in exploring open educational resources. And to build on what Carrie said, um, Carrie, we could talk about the, the state repository, right? ACC has a hub on this state's repository of OER resources. Um, and Carrie can talk more about that. And then I'll just brag before I um, turn it over to Carrie that um, the OER work that we've done collectively at ACC with, with Carrie's help and with faculty help um, uh, brought us the STAR Award from the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board because um, we've done such significant work um, listeners may or may not know that one of the state's strategic goals is to reduce student debt. And um, that's partly why we won that STAR award because we've had such an impact on um, the need for students to have to borrow money to stay in school. And then I'll let Terry, Carrie talk a bit about this, um, the ACC hub on OERTX as it's called. 
Yes, so the statewide repository um, was launched in September um, between the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board and ISCME, and they partnered to create um, a digital repository for OER in Texas. And ACC was approached um, as to be considered as an early adopter. And so we've worked to create a hub on the OER text repository that is specific to ACC. We are still building it out and growing it, but right now we have OER that is not only created and authored by ACC faculty, but also OER that has been adopted and used in courses. And what's unique about the hub is that we are able to align the OER in that repository to the courses at ACC. So faculty can search using the workforce um, course manual and the academic course manual and find other OER that is in use in the college. And again, that can be from that full textbook or even maybe lecture notes or syllabi uh, videos, all sorts of different types of OER. And it's it's growing. Um, we are looking for more faculty participation and involvement. Um, we do need to get more input from faculty on what they're using, whether it's big or small in terms of the OER that they're adopting, so we can continue to build out the OER. But it is nice in that it is a, a Texas focus so that faculty can see what is being used across the state as it relates to their and aligns with their course. And I'll also just say there's there's a reason why we like that Texas focus. Um, under state statute, college students in Texas, in public um, colleges and universities, must complete six hours of government that covers the U.S. Constitution and the Texas Constitution. Here at ACC, that means we offer Government 2306 that focuses on the Texas Constitution and how state and local government function in Texas. So if you're honey for OER resources to support teaching that class. You're not going to find them, um, you know, on the Oregon website, right, or um, some other states that have OER hubs. So there are some, some very obvious benefits to having a state hub here in Texas that supports the state's courses and the state's learning outcomes in Texas. What's well, some great information and uh, I'm certainly glad to hear and I'm sure faculty are, are thrilled to know that ACC is uh, really taking a leading role in uh, helping build out this OER hub for the state of Texas. Um, that, that's great to hear that uh, that we're continuing to be leaders in the field. Um, one of the, the other um, um, concepts that often gets misconstrued when we're talking about OER or zero textbook cost is the idea of inclusive access, right? Um, you know, Gay Lynn, as you were talking about the, the benefits of OER, one of the big things is ensuring that all students have access to, um, uh, to the, the instructional materials that are being used in their courses. And so as a result of that, the concept of inclusive access often gets thrown in um, as uh, synonymous with OER or zero textbook costs, but it is different. Uh, and so inclusive access and first day access, um, can you talk a little bit about the definition of that and how does that concept fit in with this idea of, of um, increasing access to instructional materials? Um, the notion of inclusive access is, it, it was really generated by uh, textbook publishers who um, were trying to find a new way to make their course materials available to faculty and students. And so it's the idea that for a reduced fee, 
students can have access to an electronic textbook. That fee is part of the tuition and fees that are attached to a section. So if you sign up for an inclusive access section of accounting, the fee is embedded in um, what you pay when you register for the class. And so you are automatically uh, able to access the course materials through the learning management system through Blackboard on the first day of class. It also allows students to opt out of that fee if they paid for it and they have uh, a different way they want to access the course materials, then they can opt out and get a refund for that portion of the fee that they paid for the class. So it's predicated on access and availability on the first day of class, which is why um, we call it first day access. It's the same notion that students shouldn't start behind. And it also um, gives students access to the electronic textbook at a reduced cost when compared to purchasing the hard copy new textbook in the bookstore. So, you know, it has the same um, desired effect that provides, where it provides students with um, immediate access to the course materials as soon as the course starts, but it's still uh, commercial content and proprietary content. So it doesn't truly fall under, well, not, let me take away the, the adjective of truly, it does not fit under open educational resources at all because it is not openly licensed material. Um, it just provides another way for um, uh, the commercial publishers to um, allow students to access their materials earlier than having to wait for a physical uh, uh, book. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Um, you know, Carrie mentioned earlier, not every course, not all learning outcomes necessarily are um, amenable to OER. Um, we continue to build out across the country open educational resources to support a variety of courses and curriculum, but um, there are still gaps. And so for some faculty, uh, adopting inclusive access is is the next step for them. If they're concerned about the sky-high cost of textbooks, if they're concerned about um, trying to help students stretch their dollars, then inclusive access might be an option for some courses and for some faculty. I certainly appreciate the um, the, dif uh, the definition and the you explaining the distinction. Um, and since we're focusing uh, today's episode around open education, we'll um, table the inclusive access discussion for another time uh, and, and move back over to, to the true open educational resources. Um, so going back to that, uh, do we have any uh, data on uh, the use of OER or zero textbook cost courses and the impact that they've had through the pandemic? You know, I don't, I don't want to claim that we have data um, unless you define data very broadly as um, some descriptive um, sort of information from which you might draw inferences. Um, in the fall of 2019, we had 640 ZTC sections across the college. In the fall of 2020, we had 1,081 ZTC course sections. So we could infer that perhaps some of that growth is a reflection of um, the impact of the pandemic, of all faculty having to transition to virtual teaching and learning, of all faculty 
perhaps being more aware of um, the financial challenges that our students face and seeking out opportunities to save students money. It's just an inference. I don't, I don't have data per se, but I also think that the best way to promote the adoption of OER is faculty to faculty. And we certainly have more and more faculty who have found and are successfully using open educational resources in their classes. And they're talking to their colleagues about the power and the benefits of OER. We also spent a year in a partnership with OpenStax um, in 2019-2020. And that was another, another way that we very intentionally tried to spread the word about OER um, with the work that Carrie did in helping developing a module so that faculty could learn more about OER. That partnership was led by Dr. Um, Jack O'Grady, who really did a lot of work faculty to faculty spreading the gospel, so to speak, of OER. So it's hard to know how much the pandemic has impacted those numbers. I think it's a factor, not the factor. Sure. I would just add, you know, from the library's perspective too, with the pandemic and the increase of uh, use of our electronic resources, um, again, those are zero textbook cost resources, not openly licensed, but, you know, we saw a, a large increase in um, you know faculty seeking out streaming media videos um, articles ebooks for access uh, for their course materials from the library so within the last year you know there has been a significant increase in the use of library resources as zero textbook cost resources and i think that's been an impact um, because of that you know no longer having access at this time to our physical collections on site and having um, immediate access electronically through the library's databases and such. But again, that's zero textbook cost resources, not OER, but we have seen that number increase. Some great, uh, great anecdotal data. <clears throat> um, with uh, the annual Open Education Week having taken place last week, um, what is it that you both want uh, ACC instructors to know about open educational resources or zero textbook costs if they're um, still unsure or apprehensive about getting started and the amount of work it it takes to um, convert uh, to uh, or you know convert to open educational resources um, from their their commercial materials that they've been so used to using over the years. Uh, what are some some key takeaways that you want faculty to, to be aware of? Um, Carrie, why don't we go ahead and start with you? I would say know that there are people at ACC that can help you with the transition. So whether it is a faculty librarian or a colleague, someone who has you know sort of gone before you and making that transition, know that it's okay to start small. Um, maybe it's just implementing a couple of openly licensed assignments or assessments, um, engaging with open practices in your teaching. And one of the things that I really think it's important for faculty to consider and know about OER is that incorporating open educational resources is really an extension of some of the other teaching practices that they're already engaged in, culturally responsive teaching, um, active and engaged learning. And so OER can help enhance those things that they are already doing in the classroom. Um, but again, it's okay to start small and incrementally and know that there's support out there for you. 
Great. I would just echo what Carrie said. We're not going to throw you into the deep end. We we feel like we've built out some infrastructure that will help you dip your toe into the shallow end of OER. That's where you want to start. We have instructional designers. We have our fabulous faculty librarians. Um, there are lots of online resources. Um, there are people who who want to help and will help. So start where you feel comfortable starting. And for those who are interested in learning more about OER or zero textbook costs, uh, whether it's just uh, more overview information or uh, to find resources on how to get started, um, are there any um, uh, websites or ACC resources that you would want to point them to that we can uh, include uh, in our show notes? There absolutely are, and they're all um, in, in the libraries, um, you know, there's an OER LibGuide. I think probably every every subject matter LibGuide has OER um, tags. So I'll let Carrie brag on that. Uh, yes, yeah, so each uh, subject librarian on their subject guide has an OER tab. There's a general OER uh, library guide available. And then we also have the ACC Learn OER modules, which is a set of uh, 10 openly licensed modules that walk users through the basics of OER and they can be used for anyone from the novice OER individual to someone who just wants a refresher and those are self-paced modules. There is professional development credit that can be earned um, if you complete the final assessment. That is available. There, We are also institutional members of the Community College Consortium for OER and they have a wealth of information available on their website, webinars, almost weekly um, those all of those resources are freely available and reaching out to your subject librarian to ask for um, a consultation and help navigating those resources too but the benefit of the open community is it's about sharing and so there's uh, a lot of information and a lot of support and resources available for faculty to get started that's great and uh, another uh, website that i do want to uh, make sure our listeners are aware of is um, austincc.edu slash OER, uh, which is just an easy way to, to um, be taken to the, uh, the TLED uh, webpage that um, provides quick links to everything that Carrie and Galen have been, have been talking about. Um, it's really a, um, uh, just a collection of resources, uh, as well as a couple of videos um, that have recently been produced by um, our video production team uh, one, uh, spotlighting the administrators on the impact of OER um, uh, on the institution and where the institution is. Uh, and uh, both Galen and Carrie, you're you know, featured in those videos. Uh, then the second video that is getting ready to be released and, and likely will be by the time this uh, podcast is available is one that spotlights faculty who are actively um, adopting OER and the reasons behind why they chose to adopt OER uh, and, and what their experience has been through that adoption. So um, those videos, uh, as well as the resources that, that uh, Carrie and Galen you've been mentioning uh, are all available on that, uh, that one URL, which is austincc.edu slash OER. Um, all right, well, um, before I let you both go, um, one last question that has absolutely nothing to do with OER, um, although your answer may. Um, is there anything uh, giving you Riverbat pride this week? Um, and granted, we're recording this on a Monday. So if you want to dig into last week uh, for, uh, for your example, you can certainly do so. Uh, so uh, Galen, why don't we go ahead and start with you? 
I always have riverbat pride in uh, the generosity of my colleagues. Um, Matt, I'm looking at you because you gave me a cup of coffee before this <laughs> podcast. And Carrie, I'm looking at you because you are the embodiment of sharing in an OER context, right? You're professional and you're always willing to help and share. So my pride is in the colleagues I get to work with. I will gladly uh, uh, echo that pride as well. Um, um, not just for, for the two of you, but uh, for everybody that I've worked with in the, the almost two years that I've been at, at ACC, um, there is nothing but uh, um, uh, generosity and uh, the desire for collaboration uh, amongst um, our colleagues at ACC. So I definitely second that. Uh, Carrie, how about you? I would say, you know, this just past year has been, you know, so interesting, obviously, for all of us and everything that we've gone through individually, collect, you know, as, as departments, as a college. Um, and I just am so proud to be part of ACC. I think we've gone through this as an institution with a lot of grace and support for one another and you know being part of all of this and also being involved with the OER work and coming together for our students um, it just makes me extremely proud to be a part of ACC and working together to support one another and to support our students so it's a big collective uh appreciation of Riverbat Pride, but it's um, something that I've really appreciated over this last year. That's great. Well, Carrie and Galen, thank you very much for uh, joining me today and providing an update on where we are as an institution around the, uh, the adoption and support and growth of uh, open educational resources uh, and helping us distinguish OER from zero textbook costs and inclusive access, first day access. Uh, definitely appreciate um, you joining and uh, uh, hopefully we will uh, talk to you a year from now as we celebrate next year's uh, Open Education Week to hear some even, uh, even greater updates on where we are as an institution. So thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget you can read episode transcripts on the TLED blog and find links to any resources we reference during the show. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District Podcast on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. You can learn more about the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division and keep up with everything relevant to the faculty experience at ACC by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text ACCTLED in all caps to 22828 to subscribe. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ACCTLED. Thank you for tuning in and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC.